it's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get right through now, it. COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hug her and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people, and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner, and it is Friday, thankfully. And uh, on Fridays, of course, uh, as you know, in the third half of our three-hour tour, we always shine the spotlight on arts and entertainment, very often musical guests, as we have today, a keyboardist originally born in uh, Petoskey, Michigan, who has uh, performed with the Moody Blues and, and has many other credits, but we're going to hear new music from his band One Nation from their uh, soon-to-be-released second album. Alan Hewitt will be my guest during the third hour of the show. In the second hour of the show, we're going to talk about uh, the struggles uh, to find love, family, and faith by a biracial woman who has... Uh, written a book on the subject. Dion Martin is the author and will be my guest. The uh, name of the book uh, is um, The Wool Over Their Eyes. Interesting uh, story for sure. And we're going to start out this morning talking about diversity in the workplace with uh, executive leadership coach and the uh, founder and CEO of Pavo Navigation Coaching, Amy Jo Mathias, who joins me by phone. Amy Jo, welcome to the show. 
Thank you, Tom. It's great to be here with you and your listeners on this Friday. I celebrate that as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it it's been so hard to keep track of the days, but maybe that'll get easier as uh, as things move forward. Um, and, and that's of course a veiled reference to the pandemic. And I thought maybe yeah. we'd start before we we talk about some of the specifics of living up to the promise of diversity in the workplace. To what degree has the pandemic disrupted efforts to become more diverse for a lot of businesses? Well, as you alluded to, the pandemic has um, made everything more of a struggle. Um, And that includes being a tight and unified workforce when you are all separate in your own spaces, in your own homes, and the only way you're communicating is over uh, video conferencing. Um, And so when we have less time to be able to informally connect with people, we tend to stay in our silos more, and that stops the diversity and integration that's already been happening at workplaces. It it impedes it. And then, of course, the efforts to move forward into the pledges that were made last, primarily last June after the murder of George Floyd, um, those uh, have been ongoing. People are, businesses and companies are making steps toward those promises. Um, But the deep kind of overarching change that we need to truly achieve a diverse workplace that reflects the world as we know it when we walk outside and walk around our, our, our neighborhoods um, is going to take more than a few steps and a few strides towards promises that we keep in still in one siloed place, which usually that resides in the HR team or the people team. Um, it needs to be integrated across the entire business. You know, Amy Jo, I'm, I'm old enough, uh, in fact, I'm, I'm kind of a codger, really, um, old, <laughs> enough, old enough to remember the early days of, um, um, oh, what was the phrase for it? It just jumped right out of my head. Um, the the affirmative action programs that led to what mm. was being called quotas and mm-hmm. every and and every so often there is a big event like the horrible public killing of George Floyd yep and everybody gets all riled up and they say we're going to change this we're going to fix this yeah. <laughs> to what degree um well, let, let me rephrase this. Let me, let me ask this a different way. How can we avoid being more form than substance? <laughs> That's a great question. I think it's the place where it, we actually ought to be starting our conversations, um, which is this time, do, are we serious? Right? Do we really mean what we say? I think that's the question. Um, and, you know, I'm old enough. <laughs> to remember um, when there was no such thing as diversity and inclusion offices. We didn't even have that the, that language. We didn't have those conversations. Um, I was part of the uh, group of people. Um, 
across the nation that blazed the trail toward what we first started calling multiculturalism, you know, multicultural right. offices, multicultural departments, those kinds of things. Um, and uh, it, it's been a journey and it will continue to be a journey for us. I mean, one of the tips that I give to companies all the time is be honest with your people. <laughs> you know, speak clearly about what you intend to do and then show them and tell them along the way how it's going honestly. Um, and honestly tell your teams um, the truth about what is the makeup of our population now. What is currently the demographic um, look of our company or our business or our organization? Because companies shy away from that, right? Like we, we want to make it better fast. Right? We want to fix this quickly. And that's the other thing I tell them to be honest about and to say over and over again, this is going to take us a minute. <laughs> right? It's not something that is going to change overnight, especially if we intend to do it, like you said, with um, a actually real, true uh, form that, that um, where we feel and experience a difference. And for that to happen, we need to have some patience. And we also need to, in my perception and experience, we need to be able to um, create spaces where everybody gets to blow it, um, make mistakes, say the wrong thing, ask a question that isn't quite, you know, um, I'm putting air quotes around this, politi politically correct. Uh, because what is happening now, um, I witnessed with my clients and, and the companies that I work with, is people are afraid to speak. And if they're afraid to say something because they don't want to say the wrong thing, then people shut down and they get quiet. And that doesn't create the dialogue that we need to be able to learn and grow together into a unified um, humanity as opposed to these, you know, siloed groups of individuals that um, are, are careful of each other. <laughs> you know, with all the best intentions, um, you know, I, I think business leaders look to try to be diverse. I think even some of them may even understand the the earnings potential of better representing yeah. the buying public. But are, are we as people um, naturally able to be inclusive, or is that something we need to learn? I think it is a both and, because we've learned how to be exclusive, and that's what we know best. Um, we've learned how to... Um, not trust each other and how to believe that we have to push the other person down and out or the other quote-unquote tribe down and out so that me and my tribe can succeed. And, um, you know, that all is born out of the belief and the fear that there isn't enough. You know, there isn't enough for me, there isn't enough for you, so I have to get in there and get mine um, for me and my people 
Uh, and, and that's where separation comes from. You know, that's where ostracization, that's where judgment and stereotypes and pushing away come from. And we've all learned that. We're all quite good at that, actually. <laughs> um, so I do think we need to learn how to... I'm going to try to use different language than diversity and inclusion, Tom, because I think that it's gotten watered down. Um, I think that we do need to learn how to listen to each other, how to um, respect each other even when we are different, even when we're speaking languages that we don't necessarily um, understand. And I don't mean uh, different foreign languages or languages other than what, the one that you speak. I no, mean, you're talking about lingo um, and... and yeah. uh, uh, different, um, uh, you know, there there are a lot of uh, Yiddish uh, phrases that I still don't entirely <laughs> understand. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that, and that to, we need to learn again how to, and I mean this with all sincerity and seriousness. We need to learn how to get curious with each other and ask questions of each other in ways that open up dialogue and understanding instead of defensiveness and shutting each other down and judging each other. Um, another thing I tell my clients is, look, none of us know how to do this right. And by right, I mean in a way that will get us to where we want to go instead of having us just repeat again and again and again this cycle of we say we're going to do it. We, we, we hire one more person for the team of diversity and inclusion, and so now it's a two-person team instead of a one-person <laughs> team. And, and we, um, we check the boxes, and we put together all the video trainings for, you know, um, allyship and for, um, you know, all awareness for bias and um, unconscious bias and all those good trainings. We put them all together, and then we check the boxes, and we go, okay, whoo. <laughs> All right, okay, good. We did it. We're, we, we're done. And, and we pat ourselves on, on the back. Um, and then we're surprised, um, you know, two years, three years, ten years down the road when something else happens and, and the uh, world explodes. And like you said, a big event happens and, and people get upset. And we say, how are we here? I don't understand why we're here. Um, and that's why we're here, because we're not doing the basics. We do the fancy stuff, and we do the things that um, we can show the world. You know, it is in some level, like you said, it's a business, these are businesses, and this is about public relations, and um, we do understand that if everybody likes us, more people will buy <laughs> from us. Right. Um, but we're not doing the foundational building, which is literally training and teaching our people how to connect and communicate with each other. Um, Amy Jo, I, I, I hate yeah. to interrupt, but I have a break coming up here. Can uh, oh, sure. can you stand by for a few minutes and we'll talk some more? Absolutely. Okay, my guest is executive leadership coach Amy Jo Mathias, and uh, we're talking about living up to uh, uh, strategies for diversity, equity, and inclusion. Although, I promise in the next segment, I will try to learn some different words as uh, as well, Amy Jo. Um, if you're listening to us on 92.1 FM, our broadcast partners in Flint, 
we're going to let them squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. So don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. We'll be back with more right after this. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-Double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. 
where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue our conversation with the founder and CEO of Pavo Navigation Coaching. She is uh, an executive leadership coach, Amy Jo Mathias, who joins me by phone. Amy, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around, and sorry to make you sit through all that. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fun to hear all those um, great compliments of your show and your interview <laughs> style. I agree. It's really fun and very easy to talk with you. Well, let's um, talk about something that's not quite so easy, and that is yeah. uh, building on uh, strategies of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And in the last segment, you said those words, you know, because they get used so often and we have so many conversations that really don't go anywhere, that the that sometimes these words, uh, as well-intentioned as they may be, are, are losing some of their efficacy. Um, I want to talk about another thing, and that's uh, the idea of intentionality and mm. and how people mean well, but sometimes the programs end up being kind of stiff. And, and I'll try to set out a scenario and see how we might work better around it. Um, you know, comp- uh, let's see, uh, what, what's a good company? Oh, Acme would be a good company. Um, <laughs> Acme is has decided that it is not nearly diverse enough. They've been in business for a hundred years, and they know that you know their their customer base is changing, and they want to be more reflective of the general public and their buying public. And so they put together a program. Well, they hire a human resources specialist. Um, that has credentials in diversity and they start hiring people and everything's looking good on paper but maybe not so good down on the factory floor mhm mhm how do we yeah. how do we push this beyond the human resources office exactly that's exactly the answer <laughs> we need to push it beyond the human resources office um because diversity, going back to the statement that you made about the, the terms losing their efficacy, I invite people to um, be intentional about, instead of using those words, say what you really mean. So when we're talking about diversity, that can be a whole host of things. It is ethnicity. It is gender. It is orientation. It is age. It is a thought process. It is the way we learn. It is how we think through uh, problem solving and um, uh, exercise our minds. It, it is so many things that create a diverse, um, a truly diverse workforce that is reflective of humanity. And so um, at the same time, we have very real separations in our society based on those things, race, gender, um, 
age uh, orientation. And we need to learn how to be human together and how to work side by side. And something like that doesn't happen just from um, a video being watched or a two-day um, training that tells you, you know, not to be unconsciously biased. Um, I, I don't mean to sound negative about all of those things. They are important and we need them. They're just not the end to the be-all, right? They're not like the answer to everything. And so what do we do? Well, as I was saying in the first segment of the show, we need to look to be foundational in our building up of these muscles of um, respect and integration and how to learn from each other, how to listen to each other. Um, and I, I think that we, it's going to require a greater internal investment in the company. Um, we make the big investments in the PR and in the um, – and we recruit in the people team, like you were saying, in the diversity, equity, and inclusion offices. Um, and, and we make these trainings. And then, as I said earlier, we check the boxes and we think it's good. But we need to invest far more money so that there is um, ongoing work happening in training our people as to how to um, be able to work together. And I'm talking about whether you're working at Apple or whether you're working on the, um, the, the warehouse floors of, you know, Peloton. Uh, it doesn't matter both whether you're in the offices or in the, in the, in the warehouses, we need to learn how to work together. Um, and the, the, other, the other piece of this, Tom, is recruiting and sourcing talent. And that is another big question, um, especially when you get into what we, you know, call the white-collar jobs, the, the engineers and, and, and the marketers and the, um, uh, the finance folks. Like, all of those roles, um, the pipeline for them are so backed up with, um, quite frankly, you know, um, non um they're not backed up with um underrepresented people they're 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 the pipelines are full of people who who look, look like we always have looked you know and so um how to solve for changing that pipeline impacts the greater society because that goes to education that goes to housing that goes to zones that goes to you know all all of those um areas that feed the paths we take and that are open toward us regarding employment are also a part of this conversation. It can't be the companies and the organizations doing this on their own. You know, it's it's funny. I was I was thinking about a, an episode of the of the Simpsons of all things, um, where uh, it was a, a flashback episode, and Homer Simpson had gone to apply for a job. He comes home. Marge says to him, "Did you get the job, Homer?" And he says, "No, they wanted somebody good." And uh, <laughs> and and. And and I've always I've always loved that line. But in the process of searching for good employees and trying to be open, um, yeah. do we rely too much on the resume? And is the idea of being a good fit 
uh, uh, something we need to maybe re-examine and and maybe not think so much about fitting in? Well, it's such a big question, um, and it's. I'm happy to say it is one that I witnessed and experienced, and and in part of um, conversations being had around it. Um, how do we? as a company, let's say, how do we um, name and and cultivate and create our culture that is specific to us and that is part of our brand and it's our employer brand and it's why people want to come work here and it's part of our product, um, uh, reflects our product. How are we allowed to keep that and, and hire for that without being exclusive and cutting cutting people out um, and creating a homogenous uh you know, um, demographic. Well, it's so tempting to look at a resume and see where somebody went to college and go, oh, that's my alma mater. Totally. Yep. And we feel comfortable with people that that have something in common with us. That's not um, weird, (laughs) right? No, it's it's actually very normal, which is what gets in the way of the best intentions. Yeah. Well, and that's why I was saying... Um, that's why I was saying this is a much larger societal solve. It's not just going to be internally what companies or organizations can do. Certainly they have a piece of it. Certainly they have parts of it. And they can do things and they can do things now and they can um, maintain a commitment. Um, But it's going to also require us as a larger society to make decisions about how people are educated and um, how they get to college and uh, how they are recruited into their first jobs. And because those all impact, as you were saying with the resume, those all impact how um, we hire. There are discussions happening about that the resume cannot be the only tool that is used to to assess and and um, invite people in for roles, and there are active um, um, programs happening with co- within companies now where they are uh, creating more robust um, intern programs on different kinds of college campuses. I've been encouraging them to go and create um, relationships with community colleges as well. And, and get people in as interns and then begin to skill them up. And um, there are a variety of ways that I think we can get creative about these things. Um, but the truth is, I love that, that Simpsons <laughs> um, <laughs> bit that you did, um, because the truth is, we, of course, if you're hiring for your company, you want the best talent, right? That's what we all want to have work for us. And the trick is um, hiring the best talent with an eye toward um, potential. And like I had, I had a conversation with the CEO about how do we um, look for the, um, what is currently the B-level employee, the B-level talent who has the A-level potential. And if we can filter for that, 
what do we do with them when we get them in then, <laughs> right? And how do we train them up to be the A-level uh, employee that we see that they can be and give them the opportunity? And so all of those conversations are being had. I don't think they're being had necessarily consistently across the companies, <laughs> but um, I have participated in many. And I think that another way to ensure that those conversations keep going is that we need to elevate the role of diversity and culture, for lack of a better term, that's what I've been calling it, to a C-suite position um, so that they are always in all the conversations about um, the decisions that the company is making, um, which it goes back to your point of how do we pull it out of the people team and and integrate it across the whole company. I think that's a really good start to do that, is to elevate the person who is responsible for culture and diversity and inclusion to a, a C-suite level. And and perhaps there should be an opportunity for the very people you're trying to include to actually include. <laughs> Imagine that, yeah. That would be. A, I mean, I know a, it a sounds great. radical, Amy Joe, but you know, <laughs> maybe it's worth a shot. Yeah, well, you know, the the, the other thing is that um, I've I've heard from a lot of my my clients and companies that I work with is um, after the George Floyd big event that sent everybody into the streets and and into I think into self reflection and reflection of our our, our own businesses um, is. The tur we turn toward the people we turn toward the people of color, and we say, "Oh, um, teach us." <laughs> and um, there's been a frustration level that I've heard of. Look, this is this is not ours to fix. Um, we definitely want to be part of it, but you can't expect us to do the heavy lifting. And the reality is that it, in a lot of the um, cases that the like the employment resource groups um, that folks participate in have been been um, involved and they're happy to be involved uh, or at least this is what I've been told they're happy to be involved and it can't we can't just look to them to do the heavy lifting of keeping the company on track it has to be uh, everybody needs to be putting their hand in the ring and saying, we're all involved in this, which is why I think it has to get out of the people team and into the and around the table where decisions are being made. Uh, people need to see, up and down the ladder, they need to see their top leadership team being the holder of this vision and speaking to it regularly and in a variety of different ways. Um, like speaking to it through business decisions, you know, where we're going to open our, our next um, warehouse, where we're going to uh, uh, hire our vendors, um, who we're hiring as our vendors, how we're going to handle um, uh, independent contractors. I mean, all of these things um, ought to be looked at with the eye of intentionality to diversity and um, creating a workplace that integrates all of the different aspects of, of what it means to be a human. And you said this earlier, um, 
because it's the smart business decision to make. <laughs> and not just because we are more attractive to the buying population, but Tom, when we get a, a, a group of people who um, think differently, have different experiences, um, different backgrounds to draw from, and come together to work on a project and create a product or solve for a problem, you always get a, a better, more robust, more innovative outcome. And that's good for business. Is, is there a way, I, I keep thinking how, how many times, you know, people in, in leadership positions um, make the, the conscious decision that they need to make changes and they read a bunch of articles and then they, they create a template. <laughs> <laughs> to operate from. You see where I'm going with this. I do. It, it ends up getting kind of it becoming sort of unintentionally stiff because it's not hearts and souls. Yep. It's all on paper. Okay. I, I remember talking with Nolan Bushnell, who uh, founded Atari and claims mm. uh, to be the first person to give Steve Jobs a job. <laughs> and he, he had written a book called Finding the Next Steve Jobs. And he said that we get it wrong when we rely too much on resume and achievement and not enough about interest and passion and who these people are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, the whole idea of templating everything, I agree with you 100%. And it's hard not to right? Because you don't want to create the wheel every single time. Well, it's how um, we've done everything. It's how we've created our budgeting processes. And it's how we've, you know, created our performance reviews. And it's, you know, it, it, we, we, we tend to use templates rather than changing our mindset. Yeah, I think that we can do both. Right, I think that it doesn't need to be either or. We can um, stick with things that feel and are efficient because that helps us have more time and space to bring the passion and the interest and the heart. I think that what I see and witness and experience, and I did before I became the CEO of Pablo Navigation and, and, and the facilitator, and I was in the, in the roles of, of executive and leader, um, I, um, we, we get trained to believe it's either or, and, um, and so we get the template and we fill it out and we check the box and we move on. And the, the other aspect of that that feeds it is the pace. The pace of our workplaces are so... Um, they're so grinding and they're so fast that we forget that we can take a template and use it as a guide and sit down with someone and um, talk to them as a human from another, as, you know, human to human about their uh, performance over the last you know, half of the year. Um, there are other ways to impact that too that I give to my clients, especially in regard to performance reviews, you know, like it shouldn't be a surprise. This should be you have uh, something that you have on all of your one-on-one -on -one meeting agendas so that you're consistently checking in with uh, people about how they're doing and they have a, uh, they feel safe to speak up when they don't know something or when they're falling behind or feeling overwhelmed. Um, 
I think that's the same for how we take steps more towards where we want to be with diversity, equity, and inclusion is we remember that it's a both and. We are a business and this is the commitment that we have made. And we get, I think, more clear about what we mean by those words in terms of how are we a diverse um, and inclusive place. Um, yeah, that's and, that's a really important part of it, Amy Joe, because you know when you when you use a template, um, even if you create the model and and set the goals yourself, there's a tendency to check all the boxes and say, "Great, we're done." Right. And it doesn't end there. It kind of begins there, doesn't it? It absolutely begins there. And if we had that mindset, Tom, <laughs> I think we would do a lot better. Um, as, and as, it, as I said in the earlier segment, we want this to be over with because it, it feels distasteful and uncomfortable and it makes us nervous and we don't like it. Um, so we want it to be done quick. And that's why I say to my clients over and over and over again, be honest with yourself and with your people. This is not going to happen overnight. And I've told groups of um, uh, BIPOC groups that if if you are looking for a quick fix and you and your your leadership gives you a quick fix, I you know be suspicious. <laughs> like it's not going to work. Um, we don't have a playbook that has gotten us to where we want to go. And so if there's any quick fix that's coming along, you know it's just a repackaged of an old template that's been used before that, guess what, hasn't gotten us where we want to go. So let's clear the table, let's sit down together, and let's begin by building foundational tools um, of what, what we need to truly keep the intention even when it stops being sexy or in the news, right? Like, keep that commitment, exactly. that intention. Yeah. Um, this is, uh, what we're talking about really is the hard work of doing what we envision. Uh-huh. And and that's that's where we're at, not just in business, but, you know, in our society, really. Um, and these are very important things to talk about. And unfortunately, we're getting close to the end of our time. Um, Amy Joe, I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about what we've been talking about, more about you, more about Pavo Navigation Coaching. And um, so, as I say, thank you for sharing some of your thoughts with uh, me and the listeners this morning. Um, do you have a, a website where people can go and explore a little bit? Yes, I do. It is www.pavonavigation.com. And that's just one word, pavonavigation.com. And if I can slip in one more word here sure. about all of this. Um, the, the, if there's any guides or rules that I offer, um, it is this. Before you make a decision, whether it's a template to use or a program to use or, or um, a way to proceed in your company or organization regarding anything really, but specifically I'm speaking to diversity, equity, and inclusion, ask yourself this question. Does this feed unity or does it create more separation? 
Um, That's I find a great that question. A, yeah, it's and it's so easy to apply, and because a lot of what we are bringing, what we have brought up, a lot of the conversations, um, they create more separation, and um, so it's not I mean, that we don't need to have the conversations, but how we have them that feeds unity, that's critical. Well, we've got to end it there. Amy Jo Mathias, thanks so much. Hey, thanks for having me, Tom. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner program. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Start your weekend early with the Tom Sumner Program every Friday live at 11. We turn the spotlight on the world of arts and entertainment featuring artists from music, TV, and the movies. Catch everything from the rich local talent pool in and around Flint and Genesee County to up-and-coming stars of stage and screen, plus legends from New York and Hollywood. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hoppa. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is... This is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Start your weekend right. Go to 11 Fridays on the Tom Sumner Program. Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the bath. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources.
The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. The Tom Summer Program.com. Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We got a lot more coming up on the on the show today, but uh, gonna gonna take off on a little sidebar right now and uh, recognize Jazz Awareness Day which uh, today is, I was surprised to find out. I knew that, you know, there's a day for everything, but I was surprised to see that there was a day for this. And today is that day, so I thought it might be fun, and as much as I love to squeeze in uh, entertainment by people with ties to the area, as we will be doing in the third half of our three-hour tour today with uh, musical guest Alan Hewitt and new music from his band One Nation. Um... But uh, I, th- I thought maybe we'd take uh, the remaining time till we get to the top of the hour. Uh, and uh, my next guest, that we would uh, pull, uh, let's see, two of my favorite uh, jazz songs. One written by Lee Morgan with lyrics by Sheila Landis, who performs uh, the song Speedball coming up first. And we're going to follow that up with a uh, Stanley Turrentine song called Sugar. Uh, both of these were instrumentals and favorites of mine, but both of them have had lyrics added by the person singing. And uh, we're going to hear Arlie Leonard sing Turrentine's, uh, her, her take on Turrentine's Sugar. So enjoy a little jazz till the top of the hour, and we'll be back with uh, more guests and more show. <laughs> You're gonna be mine, hey, we're swinging through time I'm floating on a cloud, wanna sing it and shout it out loud to you My baby, this time it's a genuine thing, we're so high than the Come meet me after dark, stand a spirit We melt with a kiss, never done it like this Then in a little taste, wanna sing it and shout it out loud to you My baby, this time it's a genuine thing, we're flying Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
swinging through time, floating on a cloud. Won't sing me a shout out loud to you, my baby. This time it's a genuine thing, so why you lose me now? Could be way up to dark, stand still, rewimmer with a kiss. Never done it like this, the little little tears. Won't sing me a shout out loud to you, my baby. This time it's a genuine thing, so why you lose me now? The chance when I'm on it, keep your head together, my baby. Everything nice, don't you? 
for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program.com. The Tom Sumner Program.com. The Tom Sumner Program.com You pilots, get off of my lawn! We're trying to do a radio show down here! It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on! Go on, get out of here! <laughs>